Gaia presents Gaia Sphere Event Center Dr. Joe Dispenza Becoming Supernatural Hello and welcome. My name is Charlie Hirsch and I'll be your host for this very special presentation. Gaia Sphere presents Becoming Supernatural with Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'd like to welcome in all of our live access subscribers joining us from around the world. Lena in Australia, Samir in Germany, Kelsey from Canada, thank you so much for joining us. I invite you all to join us in the live chat where we'll be taking your questions and comments throughout the weekend. Now, coming up in just a few moments, we'll be joined by Dr. Joe Dispenza in his first ever live appearance here at Gaiosphere. Hey, Hi. Thank you. I'm in the right place. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, well, welcome to the Gaiosphere, and welcome to this wonderful weekend. Of course, I want you to turn to the person next to you. I want you to look them in the eye and I want you to introduce yourself as a genius. Let's begin. So, can you give me your absolute best this entire weekend? Your absolute best. I want you to turn to someone near you and I want you to look them in the eye and make a deal with them that you're gonna bring your absolute best this entire weekend, please. So. This weekend is about you. It is an opportunity for you to retreat from your lives, to disconnect and reconnect to something greater, and remove the constant stimulation in your outer world that reminds you of who you think you are as a personality. It's important for you to separate yourself from the people you know, to get away from the typical places you go and the things that you routinely do every single day in a subconscious or unconscious program long enough for you to learn vital information, new science of possibility, a formula that begins to change the brain, the body, and people's lives. And it's happening on a regular basis. And you're interested on some level in being able to execute that consistently. And it takes disconnecting from your outer world and learning vital information and thinking about that information and reviewing it and repeating it over and over again, firing and wiring those circuits in your brain, installing neurological hardware in your brain in preparation for an experience. And the more you understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, it makes sense that the how gets easier. But if you're waking up every single day and reminding yourself of who you think you are based on old thoughts in your brain, 
that are connected to experiences and emotions that keep you feeling connected to your past, then if you can't think greater than those feelings, then you're thinking in the past and life stays the same. So you have to break away from your outer world and learn vital information. And I'm going to challenge you with that information. And I want to stretch your mind a little bit outside the box of your comprehension, just so you can begin to build a bigger model of understanding. So would you make a deal with the person next to you that if you don't understand something, you're not going to quit? You're going to say, look back up and say that again. So I understand exactly what he just said. Can you, can you make that deal with the person next to you? So then, common people around the world are doing the uncommon. And they are doing supernatural things. And we are going to combine quantum physics with neuroscience, with neuroendocrinology, with psychoneuroimmunology, with epigenetics. All of those particular sciences, the new sciences, point the finger at possibility. And so, every time you learn that information, you're forging new synaptic connections in your brain. That's what you're doing. You're installing new hardware. But if you don't repeat it, if you don't think about it, you don't talk about it, the research shows those circuits prune apart within hours or days and you forget what you learned. So we have to fire and wire and build a model of understanding. And once you can explain that information, once you can review it, once you understand that you're building a model for an experience. So then when we set up the conditions in the environment and you get the proper instruction, and if you do exactly what you intend to do, you get your behaviors to match your intentions or your actions equal to your thoughts, you're going to have the experience of that knowledge. And experience then enriches those philosophical and theoretical circuits in the neocortex adds more connections in the brain. And the moment those neurons string into place, the brain begins to inform the body with chemistry, with information. And the moment the person feels unlimited, the moment the person feels like a genius, the moment the person feels worthy to receive, now they're teaching their body chemically to understand what their mind is intellectually understood. So if knowledge is for the mind and experience is for the body, the person is embodying the truth of that philosophy and that information begins to select and instruct new genes and it causes the person to change their genetic future. They're, they're moved off the predictable future. And once the body is chemically instructed to understand what the mind is theoretically uh, learned, if you've done it once then, it means then you should be able to do it again. And the repetition of any experience begins to neurochemically condition the mind and body to begin to become unified. Or you've done it so many times that the body now knows how to do it better than the conscious mind. Now it's innate in you. It's automatic, it's subconscious, it's a program. You can program yourself for greatness. You can program yourself for suffering. You can program yourself for joy once you understand the formula. 
So, so many programs that are running for most people are based on the emotions that they've experienced in the past. And so, the programs then drive them to suffering and pain where they reach a point where they get a diagnosis or they lose something and now, now, now they really have to change. But we want to then create innate changes in the person that continues to evolve their experience of themselves. And when you've done something so many times that the body now can do it as well as the conscious mind or the mind and body have become one. Now, it's, you're mastering it. You're mastering that philosophy. You're moving into a state of being. So we want to go from philosopher to initiate to master, from knowledge to experience to wisdom, from mind to body to soul, from thinking to doing to being, to learning it with your head, applying it with your hands, and then knowing it by heart. And we have all that machinery biologically to be able to do that. And as I said, common people around the world are doing the uncommon. And if you asked Joe Dispenza a year ago or two years ago, uh, if he thought he would be witnessing what I'm witnessing now, I probably would have said no. I'm talking about transformation in one week. Blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, tumors disappearing in one week, people with leukemia, rare genetic disorders, um, stage four cancers, going into complete recovery. I, I'm witnessing that. And we get testimonial after testimonial. And it is a movement. And it has momentum. So then, those common people that are doing the uncommon are literally changing their bodies, changing their lives, changing their futures. And it's like a four-minute mile. You know, the four-minute mile was a, a mindset that uh, human beings had. It was a level of consciousness. And even medical science said there's absolutely no way the human body can run uh, a four-minute mile. And then someone did it. And then f over 1,400 people have done it since then. And it's a new level of consciousness. That's exactly what's happening when people apply the formula, when they take time to do it. So then people are creating new lives, new relationships, new careers. They're inventing new things. They're getting downloads from the field that are brilliant ideas. And they're, 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 living, that, they're living that idea, that new idea into reality. And they're loving their lives. And there are people that are healing from childhood scars, subconscious programs that kept their life staying the same over and over again that they didn't even know that they had. And finally they broke free from that and their life changed instantaneously. So people are having mystical experiences now that are transcendent of language. That they could never go back to being the same person again because that inner experience was more real than the shock or the betrayal of the past. And the person starts waking up to who they are. We're seeing that. We're seeing, we actually have the brain scans now to demystify that entire process. We can actually induce that state. 
We can predict when it's going to happen, and we can replicate it. Now, that's science. And when I talk about when that person's having a transcendental moment, when I'm talking about the level of gamma brainwave patterns that we're seeing, they're just not a little bit out of gamma range. They're not just a lot out of gamma range. It's not a lot, a lot out of gamma. It's an unbelievably enormous amount of a lot. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> 200, 300, 400, 500 standard deviations outside of normal and high gamma. Now, if we took this room and we were going to measure eyesight or height or weight or liver enzymes or intelligence, whatever, if we took this entire room and we put you through a series of tests, um, we would always get the same bell curve. Let's say we were doing eyesight. And that bell curve means right at the top here, the biggest surface area is what's called normal. And they divide a line right down the middle of that bell and they draw two more lines. And then some people may have a little better eyesight and a little worse eyesight. And then some people have, as the curve goes down, really, really good eyesight and some people have really, really bad eyesight. And those three standard de deviations above normal and three standard deviations below normal make up 99.7% of the population. So the majority of the population is either three above or three below. The gamma was 200, 300, 400, 500 more of those lines out there. And when scientists see this, the first thing they think is seizure. <laughs> and, and we have had neuroscientists actually yell seizure. And the person's having the most blissful, most incredible, divine moment of their life. And they're thinking, if this is a seizure, I want more of these. <laughs> and that kind of energy we have seen produce instantaneous healing in the body. I'm talking instantaneous. We've seen Parkinson's go into reversal after one of those. We have seen people with rare, crazy skin conditions completely disappear, and they've been treating it their whole lives. We've had people get their hearing back in one moment like that. And that is that transcendental moment that, that is energy beginning to affect matter. And it's not matter that's emitting a field. Science says that it's the field that's creating matter. You change the field, you change matter. And people are understanding how to do that. And now, we're actually healing others with the same formula. And we're talking about blind people seeing after one moment. We're talking stage four cancers, where the doctors told people to go home and get their affairs in order. Complete reversal. We have, we have the pre and post measurements to prove it. Just in an instant. And those people look just like you. They're not different in any way. 
than you. And you don't have to spend your whole entire life, 40 years uh, of devout meditation uh, to begin to have those changes, those transcendental moments. It's a formula. And we're learning how to teach people how to get better at creating that formula. And so this weekend, I want to take some chances with you and do some fun and different things. And I want you to become fully engaged in it because I don't want to just sit around and talk about it. Uh, I want you to talk about the experience of it because that's what you take with you. That's the only thing you take with you. So we will work in the first session in building a model of understanding. And we'll develop concepts and ideas and you'll have to teach it back to somebody so that you could build that model, fire and wire those circuits, install the circuits in your brain in preparation for the experience. And if you can't experience it, you can't explain it, it's not wired in your brain. So you gotta be able to articulate it. So we'll work on those, building those models and explaining all of it and then we'll break and then we'll come back and we'll go into a meditation. And then you'll, you'll understand what I want you to do in that meditation and you should have a cool and different experience. How does that sound? And I'm gonna teach you things that I do at advanced workshops because I think it would be fun for you to experience what it is to not only truly change your brainwaves during meditation, and you will learn how to do that very well. But I also want you to learn how to regulate your brainwaves with your eyes open. And I want to use the kaleidoscope uh, on the second day and teach you how to move into trance. And when your brain moves into trance, you're slowing down the activity in the neocortex. And you're moving from beta brainwaves to alpha brainwaves. Give me a nod. You got that? And the door between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind starts to open and your analytical facilities become suppressed. So the critic that's analyzing, how are you gonna get your future? How are you gonna change? How's this gonna work? What if I do this? You know, that voice, we actually have the research to show that that, that it's called the default mode network in the brain, just kind of lights go out there. And the, the voice in your head goes away and you start seeing more in images and pictures. That's the creative realm. But we want you to begin to slow your brain waves down even more. That your body can rest, literally relax and rest. And you can condition it to rest in the present moment where it is so relaxed that it finally just surrenders and trusts. And your brain waves will move into theta and your body will be starting to rest and sleep. And your mind will be awake. And now the door between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind is wide open. And it's very suggestible to information. So we're gonna use the kaleidoscope to help you to entrain yourself to move into trance. In then we are going to bleed information for the mystical and begin to activate the latent systems in your brain so that you could experience something mystical instead of looking mindlessly into a television screen where you're so tired your brain waves are moving into theta and here comes the late night fright commercials 
programming you for the very, very condition they have the drug to treat. <laughs> yes or no? Yes. It's programming you into limitation and further programming us into believing we need something out there to change how we feel in here. And our research shows that we can actually change how we feel in here independent of what's going on out there. That means you're not waiting for your wealth to feel abundance. You're generating abundance. You're not waiting for your you know, success to feel empowered. You are empowered. You're not waiting for your healing to feel gratitude. You understand your gratitude is how you begin to heal. So when people begin to figure this out, now all of a sudden they understand when they change their feelings and those feelings drive new thoughts, they're actually changing their state of being. And think about this. If you get good at this, and you are feeling the feelings of your future every single day, you wouldn't be looking for it any longer because you'd feel like it already happened. And that's when the magic starts to happen because you experience a connection to it in energy. So then, I want you to learn how to regulate your brain waves and slow them down and then I want to bring in the mystical and, just, and I'm going to teach you how to close your eyes and I'm going to talk to you like a television commercial. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this could happen to you. <laughs> how would it feel? If it happened to you, what is happening to this person? Remember the image. And all I have to do is combine an image or a brand with a feeling. A stimulus and a response, a thought and a feeling, and you're starting the conditioning process. And I want to condition you into a mystical experience. And I want it to be outside anything you've ever known. That, that new place, that unknown is really where the magic always happens. And so we will practice with the kaleidoscope and we'll give you the science behind suggestibility and, and the analytical mind and brain waves and, and, and all those things. Put it, piece it together for you. And then we'll put you into the experience. And I just wanna, I want you to be playful because there's a door that if you're just relaxed and present, you're right between wakefulness and sleep. That's where the magic happens. And we just kind of miss that when we change our brain waves to go to sleep at night. We go right past that door. And I just want you to learn how to linger right around that door because sooner or later you're going to move through it and, and you're going to experience a part of yourself that's going to change you forever. And Don't you want that to happen? Yes? yes? yes. So we'll practice that a little bit. How does that sound? And then, of course, you know... The formula that we teach, the formula is really about brain coherence and heart coherence. And when you're living, driven by the hormones of stress and you're living in survival, and the rush of those chemicals causes the arousal, begins to cause you to feel more in your body, more like a body, uh, more attention on your outer environment, that's where the danger is, and preoccupied with time. The arousal of those chemicals causes a person then to try to control and predict everything in their lives.
because they're experiencing a loss of control. They're experiencing the inability to predict the next moment. They have the perception that something's getting worse. And people spend 70% of the time living this way. And now, they're shifting their attention to the one person, to the one problem, to the one place the problem exists, that then back to work, and then to their boss, and to their coworkers, and then to their children, and to the appointments. And every single one of those elements is already neurologically in their brain. There are neurological networks for every person, every object, every thing, every place in their life. So then, as they shift their attention from one neurological network to the other, their brain begins to fire very incoherently. And the brain moves into an alert state called high beta brainwave patterns. And people get stuck in that state. And they overanalyze everything in their lives. And they drive their brain further and further into higher states of high beta. So then, then they're always preoccupied with what's going to happen in the next moment. And the majority of the time, they're thinking about the worst thing that could happen. And when you live in that state, you're combining a thought of the worst thing with the feeling of fear or anxiety. And here goes the conditioning process again. And so now the body's becoming conditioned to live off that rush of adrenaline. And the mind is stimulating the very circuits and chemicals to produce more of those emotions. And living in survival is living in stress. And it's not a time to eat. It's not a time to digest. It's not a time for long-term building projects. It's not a time to learn. It's not a time to open your heart. It's time to run, fight, or hide. And people live the majority of their lives this way. And their brain begins to fire very disorderly. And the stronger the emotion the person feels from whatever stressors causing it in their environment, the more they narrow their focus on the cause. And they habituate into this type of focus called a narrow focus, focusing on objects, focusing on the material world because the hormones of stress heighten the senses to cause us to become materialists. If we don't see it, we don't smell it, we don't hear it, we don't taste it. We don't feel it, it doesn't exist. So we become materialists. We, don't, we can't dream in that moment. It's more important to narrow your focus on matter, on the material world. And people get fixated and overfocused. And we found out that if you take a person and teach them how to do the exact opposite of that, instead of narrowing their focus this way and focusing on the material world, to broaden their focus and to focus on nothing. Take their attention off of everything material, off their body, off the people in their lives, off the objects, you know, their cell phones, computers, their cars. Take their attention off the place they sleep, the place they work, the place they live, the place they're sitting, and take their attention off the predictable future and the familiar past and broaden their focus and just keep in opening their awareness to nothing that all of a sudden brain waves begin to slow down because when they're sensing they're not analyzing they're not thinking and the act of sensing begins to suppress the neocortex and starts to move into an alpha brainwave pattern
And then if you do that properly, you can open your focus and keep it open. All of a sudden, those different parts of the brain that were fighting against each other start to synchronize. They start unifying. They start functioning in larger communities. And what sinks in the brain starts to link in the brain, and all of a sudden the brain starts firing in a more holistic state. And when your brain is incoherent, you're incoherent. And when your brain isn't working right, you're not working right. But all of a sudden now, they're beginning to connect to an invisible field of energy and information called the quantum field. And its, its signature, energetically, is greater and greater degrees of order, greater degrees of wholeness or oneness, less separation. And if you can teach a person how to connect to that field, they can't experience it with their senses. They understand that they experience this reality with their senses. They could only experience it as an awareness. When the person can get beyond their identity, without a name or a, uh, a lifestyle or a ethnicity or a diet or a profession, just could linger there as an awareness, that the longer they do that, the more they keep their attention on that field and less on matter, their biology begins to become more whole, becomes more orderly. And all of a sudden, they're connected to something greater. And the brain begins to synchronize. And when you see those two hemispheres coming together, you see a huge change in the person's heart. The union of polarities, the union of dualities, the union of opposites is called wholeness, it's called love, it's called oneness. And all of a sudden, energy moves right into the heart. And now, all that energy was, that was going from the brain and the heart into the lower centers of the body when the person was living in stress, all of a sudden, energy starts moving up into the heart. And once it makes it to the heart, the research shows over and over again, it goes right up to the brain. And now the brain, the heart is amplifying the brain. And so then, by teaching people how to create brain coherence, we've seen people move into heart coherence. We have spent many, many, many hours teaching our students, along with uh, partnering with the HeartMath Institute, how to sustain heart coherence and to open their hearts. And, and not just for five minutes, not just for 10 minutes, not just for 15 minutes. We want them to be able to sustain it for 45 minutes or more. That they know how to do it. That they can create an elevated emotion on command. Because it is that emotion that connects them to a new future. Not the emotions that are created from the hormones of stress. They keep us connected to the past. So why not then practice that? So I want to practice that with you. This weekend, I want you to practice opening your heart and do it and connect to that invisible field. You want to try it? Yes. And then I want to give you the opportunity to find the sweet spot of the generous present moment. And when you disconnect from everything material and you move into that present moment, that is the unknown. Most people wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is they start thinking about their problems. 
And those problems are just memories that are etched in their brain that are connected to certain people and objects and certain things and certain times and places. They're remembering the past. And if you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny, that person's thinking in the past. They're framing reality in the past. And every one of those problems has an emotion associated with them. And the moment the person feels unhappy, the moment the person feels unworthy, the moment the person starts to suffer, now their body's in the past. And how you think and how you feel creates your state of being. So most people wake up with their entire state of being already in the past. And once again, it just takes a thought, an image, or a memory, and a feeling, a stimulus and a response, you're conditioning the body into the past. And that's the known. And every single day, pe people wake up and do that. And if they can't think greater than those feelings, and those feelings, by definition, are chemical records from the past, then they're thinking in the past, and their brain and body are in the past. They're headed now into a predictable future because they'll want to predict the same experience in the future that has the same feelings and emotions, and that's the known too. And they wake up and they run through a series of routine automatic behaviors that they've been doing for years on end. And it's their body that is dragging them into a predictable future based on what they did in the past. And they've lost their free will to a program. But there's no unseen hand that's dragging that person into the future. They've programmed their body to become that mind. They've done it so many times that the body now know has, knows how to do it better than the conscious mind, and it's the body now that's in that predictable future based on what they did in the past. And that's the known. So there's only one place where the unknown exists, and that is the present moment. And I want to give you the science and the understanding of it, and then I want you to learn how to linger into that present moment and stay there for a period of time and begin to create some brain coherence. Does that sound good as well? And I want to teach you about the difference between space-time and time-space. I want to give you a roadmap to understand that you begin to create from the field instead of from matter. You begin to produce more significant and quicker changes in your life. And most people then that live by the hormones of stress, they're drawing from this invisible field of energy this vital life force that's surrounding their body. And they're literally using that energy to make chemistry. They're mobilizing that en energy to make chemistry. And the field around their body begins to shrink. And for the short term, most organisms rest, get nutrition, get still, and their body begins to regenerate. But if you keep doing that over and over again, over and over, over and over again, you're drawing from this field around your body. You're becoming more matter and less energy, more particle and less wave, and you start feeling separate from everyone and everything in your lives. And we become immersed in this illusion of three-dimensional reality. There's me here and there's you there. And there's separation of space between us and there's time between us. And so then there's you here and then your dreams, we place our dreams way out over there. Our brain is estimating where we think we're going to finally get that new house, the new car, whatever it is people want, their healing. 
So then they have to move their body through space to go get it. And it takes time. And so they rush every single day to do more things, to make more money, to pay for whatever it is they need. That's matter trying to change matter. And it just takes an enormous amount of time. So then if we could create from the field instead of from matter, and you can learn the science behind that, then you should be able to change your energy from the field. And when there's a vibrational match with your energy, by combining a clear intention and that elevated emotion, when you begin to change your energy and you're creating from the field, if you could synchronize your energy to a potential that already exists in the quantum field, and you could have brain and heart coherence, very orderly energy, now you have a Wi-Fi signal that you can connect to information. And if you can become conscious of that energy, if you can find it, connect to it, the longer you're conscious of that energy, the more you begin to draw experiences to you. Now you are the vortex to your destiny. And I want to teach you how to do that. And I'm going to give you story after story after story of people that have done it. And they look just like you. How does that sound? You want to tune in to some potentials? Yes. But we're going to understand the science behind all of that. What do you think? Yes. So then, if you believe that the way you think has some effect on your life, I'm just curious here, who's in on that? You're in on that, yes? And you think the same thoughts every day. 90% of most people think the same thoughts as they did yesterday. Would you agree then that if you're not waking up every morning being defined by some vision of your future, then pretty much you are going to be living by the memories of your past and you will be predictable in your life. Yes or no? Yes. Because the brain is a record of the past. And so, if you're not creating a new future, is it possible that you believe in your past more than you believe in your future? Yes. And is it possible then that Many people don't want to create a new future because they're more in love with their past than they are with their future. In fact, they romance their past every single day. Yes or no? Yes. So then is it possible then that that person in the same brain circuitry, in the same emotions of the past, are viewing their life through the lens of the past? And they're not seeing things how they are they're actually perceiving and seeing things how they are. And they're telling a story in their mind that's actually causing them to perceive life equal to that story. Are you with me still? Yes. So then, you ask that person, so why are you this way? And they say, I'm so glad you asked because I get to talk about my past. <laughs> And as they talk about the incidents in their past, would you agree then that they're 
they're saying, that was the event that changed me, and I haven't actually been able to change since that event. I've, that event has defined me as the person I am today. Yes or no? Yes. Now, the research on memory says after a period of time, that story that they tell of their past, 50% of it isn't even the truth. <laughs> so they're making stuff up. They are reliving a miserable life they never even had <laughs> just to reaffirm, to recreate the emotions to excuse themselves from changing. Are you with me still? Yeah. Am I getting too close? So then, most people then, they, they may say with the 5% of their conscious mind, I want a new life, I, I want a new relationship, I want a new career, and, or I am healthy. But if 95% of who they are is subconsciously programmed into the past, then that thought of their health that thought of their wealth is never going to make it to the body because the body is programmed into the past. How many people understand? Yes. So then if you teach a person then how to be defined by a vision of the future instead of the memories of the past, then they would have to really start thinking differently. Would you agree? Yes. They would have to start making different choices than the choices that they always make. Yes or no? Yes. They're going to have to start doing different things and breaking certain habits. And that's going to be uncomfortable. Yes or no? Because yes. the body's going to say, why are we doing this? It's, it's so much more fun suffering than, than going out for a walk into joy. I don't know if I believe in joy. I believe in suffering. The body goes back. And so then a person would have to stop talking certain ways. They would have to start staying away from certain experiences with certain people. You know what I'm talking about, yes? And they would have to examine their emotional state every single day. They'd have to stay conscious of their emotional state because the moment they started feeling suffering, they just disconnected from the energy of their future. They're back to the energy and the emotions of their past. Are you with me still? Yes. So then, teaching people then how to be defined by a vision of the future every single day means they're going to be uncomfortable. Uh, it's going to be unfamiliar. There's going to be some uncertainty and you may not be able to predict the next moment because you're no longer feeling like you. That's the moment you just left the known and you stepped into the unknown. Are you with me still? Now if the body has been conditioned into the familiar past or the predictable future and the body has become the mind of the past or the predictable future, would you agree then the body would say, what are you doing? And the body would say, listen, let's get you thinking like you've been thinking. And it starts influencing the mind. And people start hearing the chatter in their head. And if you respond to just one of those same thoughts, you know, like, start tomorrow. You'll never change. It's your ex's fault. It's your mother's fault. 
If you respond to one of those same familiar thoughts, those same thoughts lead to those same choices, which lead to the same behaviors and create the same experiences, then produce the same emotions. A person says, oh, this feels right. This feels better to me. No, they're back to the same comfortable self. Yes or no? And this is why change is so hard. So then, new thoughts should lead to new choices, new choices should lead to new behaviors, new behaviors should create new experiences, and new experiences create new emotions, yes or no? And our research shows that people who do that in four days, four days, they change their gene expression. Four days. Four days, and don't you know, I know, in the first day, they don't want to do it, and they want to go back to laying down, and they hate me, and they're going to write an email, you know, it's, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm a liar, you know, all that stuff. They want to quit, you know. And I want you to know that there's no such thing as a bad meditation. There's just you overcoming you. And you can do it now, or you can wait. But now is the new later. <laughs> and when does the story end? I mean, if not now, when does that story end? I'm teasing. No, I'm not. So then, if your personality creates your personal reality, give me a nod, and your personality is made up of how you think, how you act, and how you feel, then the present personality called you, raise your hand, has created the present life called your personal reality, yes or no? Yes. I mean, you may be 16, be going, yeah, well, not quite. You know, I'm 16, my parents are kind of running my life. But if you begin over time to become conscious of your unconscious thoughts, you become aware of your automatic behaviors, how you speak, how you act, and you can look at an emotion and say, my goodness, I didn't even know this was guilt. I just, it just has felt like me my entire life. Would you agree then, the more conscious you become of those unconscious states of mind and body, the less unconscious you'll go during your waking day? Yes or no? Yes. So then most people try to create a new personal reality a new life as the same person, as the same personality, and it doesn't work. You literally have to become someone else. So of 95% of who you are by the time you're 35 years old is a set of memorized behaviors, unconscious habits, automatic emotional reactions, hardwired beliefs, perceptions, attitudes that are functioning automatically like a subconscious computer program then in order for you to change, you gotta get into the operating system where those automatic programs exist and become familiar with them, yes or no? Yes. And you know, as you begin to observe those thoughts, become aware of those actions, notice those feelings, all of a sudden you're no longer immersed in the program. Your consciousness, you're no longer unconscious, you're conscious and aware and you begin to objectify your subjective self. And if meditation means to become familiar with, then the more familiar you become with, I can't, I wanna quit, this is too hard, 
the more aware that that is a thought standing in the way between you and something that you truly want, you'll listen less to that voice in your head in your waking day. Would you agree? And if you just said, God, it's 10 o'clock. I haven't complained all morning. This is... It's getting really hard. I just, just want to stop that lady and just suffer and complain with her just about something. If you became conscious that your body wanted to do that, would you agree then that would be a victory in your day? Yes. And those victories add up. Would you agree? <laughs> And what if, you know, you associate that person that's your best friend with suffering and the moment you see them, your body just goes, oh, this is going to be so good. Stimulus, I'm waiting for the response. The body is going to start saying, complain, complain, complain. And the brain's going to start complaining. You catch yourself doing that, that's a victory too. Yes or no? Yes. And you know, I learned something so profound uh, at one of our last week-long events that we did in Niagara Falls. We had 1,650 people there. And it was one of the most amazing, amazing weeks of my life. Just the miracles and just the things that we witnessed. And the testimonials that have come uh, from, those, from, from that week. And there was a woman that sent in the beautiful testimonial. And... She was someone who had done the work for quite some time. She had a really tough childhood. Um, tough, very tough childhood. And can't, couldn't remember anything after a certain point. It just kind of shut out her memories of her past. And she was in the meditation and, and all of a sudden she just got this rush of, of incredible feeling that just made her, disturbed her. And it was agitating her. And she thought, because she had been meditating so long that she was doing the meditation wrong. And she wanted to stand up and scream. She wanted to quit. She started, everything started to agitate her. She was experiencing a lot of cognitive dissonance. And, and do you know, in the next moment, she was just about ready to get up and she just went one more time. And all of a sudden, that whole emotion lifted and her heart blew wide open. And in fact, she was doing the meditation right. She just stayed with it long enough for it to turn into something else. Do you understand what I'm saying? So many people come to the edge of the known and the body has to release information. And if you're sitting in a meditation and your body is just wanting to be in pain, You've conditioned it that way. And if you become conscious of doing that and begin to apply a formula that we'll teach you this weekend, you are training the body back into the present moment. And every time you go a little further, that's a victory. And every time your body wants to get up and quit and give up, and that program starting to run and you become aware of it, and you bring the body back down into the present moment, and you tell it it's no longer the mind, that you're the mind, now you're executing a will that's greater than the program, and you're training the animal. Are you with me still? And then it gets 
bucks and kicks and it gets angry and it says, listen, why don't you just get agitated? Why don't you just quit? You're not a good meditator. You're a failure. And it's just looking for something. And you become aware that you're doing that and you settle the body back down of that, out of that aroused emotional state. Would you agree then, if you did that over and over again, you were telling the body that it was no longer the mind, that you were the mind? Yes or no? And you were training the animal, that's a victory. And those victories add up, I swear to you. Sooner or later, the body is going to realize it's no longer the mind, that finally you are the mind. That you are back on the throne and it is going to relax into the present moment. And when it does, that heart of your bl blows open and you release energy. Your field around your body begins to emanate more light and information. Now, you feel connected to something greater. And I want you to trust the process of going a little further and working with your body and becoming aware of it because so many people say, I can't focus, I can't meditate. That's the only thought they have to get beyond. That's it. And we'll teach you a formula, and if you just apply the formula, you'll get better at it. Now, some people have meditated for 40 or 50 years or 30 years or 20 years. I respect that. And all I want you to do is just try what we've been able to isolate as a formula and use the same kind of ability that of sitting still and, and closing your eyes and getting present and just try something new. Can we try that as a group? Because yes. it'll be fun. And we're measuring the energy in the room this weekend just to see if we can produce changes in the field and see if you can contribute to the field. And as you open your heart and it begins to beat more coherently because living in stress is stepping on the gas and the brake and the heart begins to beat very incoherently and energy leaves the center and moves down and you stop trusting. You don't want to open your heart, you protect it. But if the energy in your heart can open up a little bit and we will open you up into infinite space and then I'll, I'll say to you out of anywhere you can place your attention, I'm going to ask you to place it right there. And where you place your attention is where you place your energy. And I want you to feed that center with your attention. You're going to learn how to breathe life into it and arouse and awaken this center. And once that center begins to open up and your body starts to trust and you relax and that autonomic nervous system begins to cause the heart to beat more orderly, that field around your body begins to expand up to three meters wide. Now that field... That energy is information. That frequency is carrying information. And now, you begin to interfere with everybody's energy in this room and those waves start to resonate and synchronize and the, the amplitudes start going up. And the higher the wave, the higher the amplitude, the higher the energy in the room. And we should be able to measure that, don't you think? I think we can do it, yes? yes. Well, instead of talking about history, let's make some history. I think that would be more fun. Yes? yes? So then we'll advance that formula for you. And I just need some agreements that, number one, if you're in the meditation, will you be in the meditation the entire time? Yes. That means that if your body wants to get up, you're going to have to master that. If you want to eat a tuna sandwich, you can when you're done, not while we're meditating. <laughs> if you open your eyes and look at me, I'm going to go... 
And I see you laying down. I'm going to say, this is a seated meditation. Come on, sit up. And there will be no ecstatic dancing. We are just going to sit this weekend. We're going to practice that seated meditation. What do you think? So then, tuning into new potentials, finding the sweet spot of the generous present moment, moving from space-time into time-space and understanding the science behind it. And I'll stretch you a little bit. And I want you to just repeat it. You're going to get it. You just got to reach for it. Creating those more coherent brainwave states. I, I want you to get comfortable at doing it so that when you return back into your lives, you have a formula that you can practice every day. And you're not going to be like, oh, I got to go meditate. <laughs> be defined by a vision of the future. <laughs> you're you're going to want to go and do it. And that's one of the cool things about our community. We're doers. That our, uh, our community does the work. They, they're, they're a living organism. They're connected by a very specific frequency, specific energy. They're all doing the same things. They're all, they're all overcoming the same conditions. They're all uh, applying the same formula. And they're connected by an invisible field. They, and, and this living organism, we heal one another. That's what we do. And we've healed a lot of people. And now, it's getting so good that they don't even need to be in the presence of that person. I mean, we're talking about just having a picture because they understand when they're truly in the quantum, there's no separation. It's the realm of thought. They're just the thought away. There's, the thought is the connection. They understand that. And we have people, instead of watching Dancing with the Stars, imagine this. They're actually convening in these groups, these coherence healing groups, hundreds and hundreds of people. And they're working on different people that are in hospitals, in comas. Coming, the people are coming out of comas. Babies that had 0% chance of survival are normal now. I mean, crazy stuff. They're, they are interested in mastering that. They're interested in getting good at it. That's the next level of the formula. But the living organism, we heal one another. We inform one another. We connect with one another. We support one another. We love one another. We shine for one another so others can shine. And so we have so much evidence to tell you that you could change in a very short amount of time. We have eight genes that were changed in those four days that suppress cancer growth and tumors, that create neurogenesis, the growth of new neurons in the brain, that activate stem cells to go to damaged tissues and literally become new cells the very same cells. The genes that, for oxidative balance, anti-cancer, anti-aging, anti-heart disease, anti-stroke, anti-inflammatory, anti-neurodegenerative, those genes activated just in four days. Genes, the microtubules, the cellular structures of the cell, the skeletons of the cell reconstructed. That was just the ones that were in common in the people that we studied. They all had their own individual ones. That when you begin to feel gratitude, and that you not only just are grateful for the things that you have, but for the things you're going to have, and you can condition your body into feeling that emotion, your body believes it's happening to you in the present moment. It's, you're in the state of receiving. 
that in that state, your immune system, it improves by 50%. It's better than any flu shot. It is. That particular immunoglobulin is the body's natural flu shot. And you could, bacteria and molds and viruses and, are all memorized. And there's an internal army, a cadence, a rhythm and an order. The person is moving out of survival. They're putting less of their attention on the outer world where the danger is. And they're not, they're not, they're not mobilizing all this energy for the threat in their outer world. They're, they're actually giving the body a chance to cause their inner world to begin to restore and repair. Four days. They just traded suffering. They traded pain. They traded anger, frustration, resentment. They traded it. They traded that for gratitude and love and, and a joy for existence. And they're conditioning their body. And they put their attention on their heart. They place their attention on it. They understand petal by petal is that life force that's going to cause it to bloom. And wow, some people get so good at it that their heart blows wide open. My, I mean, I have people stop me and say, <clears throat> I'm having orgasms in my heart. I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> my heart is blowing open. I cannot handle this. This love is incredible. And we now know that our students produce sometimes 200 times the amount of oxytocin in just four days. Oxytocin signals nitric oxide. And nitric oxide signals a chemical called endothelial-derived relaxing factor. And it just means those arteries, the muscular lining around those arteries, when the heart is constricted and in fear, they open up. And now energy and blood rush right into the heart. It's physiological. And their heart is full. And with the same intensity, when blood flows and energy flows into your sexual organs, the first center, it's flowing into the fourth center. And this is a different energy. This is a different mind. This is selflessness. This is wholeness. This is feeling so whole, it's impossible to want. How could you want when you feel like you have everything? A person now is, is blessed in the moment, and they're less interested in anything out there, bringing them joy or, or making them feel pleasure. They, they want more of whatever just happened to them inside. Are you with me still? And I have stood next to men during walking meditations on the beach. Ladies, listen to this. And I watched men finally fully open their hearts. And to me, it was one of the most beautiful things. There's a few of them in this audience. And in one instant, one instant, with stage four colon cancer, this man sees his whole future. He sees the entire outcome. It wasn't like he was visualizing anything. He got the download. He saw that future. He saw the doctor coming in with the lab coat and the tie, the specific color. He sat down, told him the test, how they were all normal. And they hugged him, and his wife was there, and he came out of this meditation and said, I know I'm going to be better. And she said, oh, that's so good. You're thinking possibly. He's like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> But it was love that took him into that future. Do you understand? Yeah. It was the energy of that heart that was actually driving a whole new set of thoughts. It was creating in that moment. This is the creative center. 
This is the center of oneness. This is a union of duality, polarity. This is wholeness. So then, boom. He takes his wife two weeks later, gets all his tests. He says, here he comes. He's going to come in. He's got this color tie. I'm and the whole thing happens. And the doctor says, you're normal. Now, we, we have that happen a lot when men open their hearts because the healing has to take place in the heart always, and we're learning that more. And so what if you have to knock on the door a thousand times? Who cares? It's just that you're sincere and you're willing to take a risk and open your heart again. That's all it takes. I stood next to a man on the beach in Australia. His wife dragged him to the event. <laughs> Poor guy. And, and he just he came, he came innocent. He just came, he's never done any of just tell me what to do. I'm just going to do what you tell me to do. He didn't, wasn't trying to do any. He just said, tell me how to do it. He had no neurological network. And that's why we say, sometimes people that come, they say, I've never meditated before. We say, we love you. Because <laughs> they don't have to undo anything. This guy couldn't walk 40 steps. He couldn't walk 40 steps without incredible chest pain and leg pain. In fact, we did the walking meditation and he was like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. He did the whole entire thing. Just practice open his heart. We do a standing and walking meditation. If you can do it seated, you've got to be able to do it standing with your eyes closed and then open your eyes and do it with your eyes open. And stay there. You know, become it. So there he is, opening his heart. He opens his heart, he walks, no pain. Closes his eyes, we, we do it a few times. There he goes, no pain, you know, then third time, no pain. And then he said to his team leader, huh, I don't even know if I believe this, but I haven't taken any nitro, I haven't had to sit down and have no pain, none. I haven't, I've never felt like this, and I haven't felt like this in years, I haven't felt like this in a long time. So the next day he goes out for walking meditation. Now he's kind of like, this is some curious. I'm actually curious, today would actually, because I don't have any pain in my legs, today would actually be a good day to become somebody else. That's what he said. So he said, I'm just going to go all in. So he practiced open his heart. He said, that worked last time. I do it more, pedal by pedal, breathing in and out, open a little bit more, trusting the process, being open, not trying, not forcing, controlling. He's just following the formula. Starts walking. He's lifted. He's lifted. He's walking, he's free, he's not feeling any pain. He's happy, he's smiling, he's, he's noticing, his body's changing, stops again, recalibrates. This time when he recalibrates, his heart just fully blows open. I'm standing right next to him. And we got him on the stage and he said, and then I heard this really loud screaming. And then I realized it was me. <laughs> that he was, he was, in a state of bliss, he was in a state of ecstasy. He went back to his doctor right after the event. Now he had a congenital condition. And there's no sign of any heart condition. One instant. Gentlemen, it's time, what do you think? Yes? yes? Let's go, huh? You got nothing to lose to do it. So then we have research that says that if you did your meditation Five days a week, any type of meditation. You can do a seated meditation, you can do a standing, walking meditation, you can do a laying down meditation. You probably do that one a lot anyway. 
that if you do it five out of seven days, and you do that for 60 days, three out of four people will lengthen their life. We have the research to prove you could lengthen your telomeres. In just your, those little caps on the end of your shoestrings that determine your biological age, that, you know, they, they can repair as you begin to open your heart and release 13 to 1400 different chemicals that repair and restore your body. You could do that. You will lengthen your telomeres. And I talked to the scientists and I said to him, listen, I have a curious idea. We're seeing people in an instant, in one instant, have their Parkinson's disease go away. Like, they can't blow, they couldn't blow their nose, they couldn't swallow, they couldn't um, chew, they couldn't stand up, and in one instant they're doing all those things. That, that's, that's not a Newtonian thing of matter changing matter. This now is the opposite. This is energy informing matter. If it's happening in that amount of time, in no time, then it's got to be energy. It's because we're not, we're not Newtonian now. I said, so, I know telomeres are like, like hair and nails. They take long to grow over time. And research shows that it took 60 days or so to see it change. I said, but this is a quantum thing. Energy is changing matter. In quantum, there's no time if it's happening instantaneously. I said, is it possible, theoretically, that a person who had that incident, there could be a change? in their telomeres. 60 second pause. And then he said, theoretically, if one person could do it, I would be impressed. I said, okay, I'm gonna do the study. And so we did the measurement four days after the event. And one out of the 33 people or 32 people that we measured, her telomeres lengthened in less than four days. So you can actually change your life, your future this weekend. What do you think? <laughs> so then, back to my point about being defined by a vision of the future. If you, every single day, wake up every morning and not be defined by a vision of the future, once you open your eyes, and you begin to perceive your reality. Would you agree then, if you're not laying down any new circuits that are reflecting a new vision in your brain, then as you see the same people and go to the same places and do the exact same thing at the exact same time, now your environment is controlling your very thoughts and very feelings, because you'll see the same coworker, you'll drive to work the same way, you'll hold your cell phone in the same way, you'll call the same people, do the same things, and now it's your environment that's controlling your thoughts and feelings, but your thoughts and feelings actually create your outer world. So your thinking and feeling equal to everything known in your life, and if you believe that your thoughts create something unknown, you gotta stop thinking the same thoughts, yes or no? Yes. So then most people then, who aren't being defined by a vision of the future, and they're left with the circuitry and the emotions of the past, their environment is reminding them of their past every single day. Would you agree? Yes. It wouldn't be better though to remind yourself of the future instead of the past. 
because it's so much easier to forget your vision of the future than to remember it. Would you agree? But if you keep firing and wiring and remembering it, then you're going to have your brain look like the event has already occurred. So then, once you move into that river of change from the old self to the new self and you stop making the same choices and it feels uncomfortable, you're in the unknown. That is void of everything known. And that is the perfect place that you have to create in. And then the next question would be, what thoughts do I want to fire and wire in my brain? What behaviors do I want to demonstrate in one day, one lifetime? And the act of closing your eyes and rehearsing who you're going to be in that day begins to install the neurological hardware in your brain to look like you already did it. Your brain looked like you already had the experience. Now it's no longer a record of the past. You've primed your brain into the future, and now you have the circuits to behave that way. And the research shows you can absolutely do that. Are you with me still? So then here's the tough part, though. If you're going into a new future and you're feeling suffering, and that suffering is your past and you want to be happy, you can't take it. Even though you want to, you got to leave that, yes or no? And then you would say, well, how would I feel when my wealth comes? Oh, I would probably feel worthy. Hmm. I better teach my body emotionally what that feels like. Yes or no? Oh, well, if I had a tough past and I don't feel grateful for anything, I got to teach my body what it would feel like to be grateful for life again. Well, how would I do that? I would have to get a really big imagination. <laughs> then you would start dreaming about things in your future that would make you feel grateful. Yes or no? Yes. And now your body is being conditioned into believing it's already happened. Are you with me still? So then it makes sense then in order for your healing to begin, you have to feel wholeness before it happens. Because if you're waiting for the diagnosis to come back to you to say that you're healed, then you're waiting for something in your outer world to change how you feel in your inner world, and you're separate from that experience, yes or no? But if you start to say, okay, well, if I teach my body emotionally what it would feel like to be healed, well, then you better be rejoicing every single day, and your body's got to be conditioned so much into that emotion that it's actually believing you're healing. Are you with me still? And you know, people have done that. And every single day, they become familiar with new thoughts. They become familiar with new behaviors. They become familiar with new chemicals and new emotions. And they become a new personality. And those weird and wacky synchronicities are happening all around them. They're they're no longer the same energy. They're no longer the same person. And many times, people... Their condition, their, their health condition literally goes away. And you ask them, where is it? They'll tell you it's in the old person. I'm somebody else. I'm just not that person any longer. And my life is so much different. And all they did was cross the river of change. Are you with me still? So then think about this. To change then is to be greater than the body. To be greater than the body conditioned emotionally into the past or greater than the body as a habit Remember, the body becomes the mind. That's a habit. The habit of the future on a program. Yes or no? That you would have to be greater than 
all the conditions in your environment. You couldn't use anybody to reaffirm your conditioning to that emotion. You understand what I mean? That you would understand then that if something in your environment began to change the way you were feeling and thinking, you would say, I'm back to the unconscious program that I'm a victim in my life. Because if I said to you, why are you unhappy? You'd say, that person or that condition is controlling my feelings and thoughts. And I'm back into the program. Yes or no? But if you catch yourself, that's another victory. Yes or no? So then if the environment is that strong, that it conditions us back into our old biology, if the body has been conditioned emotionally to be the mind, and that's 95% of who we are, and most people are living in the familiar past or the predictable future and never in the present moment, you would have to agree with me that instead of waking up every single day and remembering your problems and the emotions associated with them, instead of getting up and grabbing your smartphone, and you know, 96% of the people that own a smartphone, the first thing they do when they wake up is they pick it up and they connect to their WhatsApp and then their text and their Facebook and they take a picture of their feet with a cat on them and they post it on Facebook, then they do an Instagram, you know, funny face on Instagram, then they leave a line, you know, and then they check their LinkedIn and then they do their email, then the other email, then they do the news and, you know, now ah, they're connected to everything known in their life. Now, if they don't do that same routine every day and they stopped and they said, okay, let me, let me do this. I think I'm gonna disconnect from my outer environment. I'm gonna retreat from all of that stimulation. I'm not gonna be defined by my known environment. I'm gonna put some blindfolds, I'm gonna close my eyes. And now I have less sensory information coming into my brain. Yes or no? Yes. You're not being reminded of what's going on out there. And if you put some earplugs in and you played some music that just relaxed you, all of a sudden you become less aware of hearing anything else like the coffee maker, you know, like the TV or whatever, your phone that you fill the space with something. There would be less sensory information coming in, yes? Yep. And if you said to your body, now you listen to me. You stay right there. You stay, you stay, you be a good one, you stay right there and I'm gonna feed you and you can check your WhatsApp and you can make all your calls and you can go pee-pee and do everything you need and lay down. But now, I'm the mind. And it's gonna wanna get up because it's been programmed and you keep doing, settle it back down, that's a victory. And then it wants to go, oh, let's see, it's eight o'clock in the morning, this is normally when I get in traffic, get really angry, he's off schedule, so why don't I just drum up some anger for him. <laughs> all of a sudden you have all these images in your brain of things to be angry about. It's the body going, come on, come on, come on. It's just you're off schedule. And you become aware and you settle it back down into the present moment. That's another victory, yes or no? Yep. Yes. And now the body's going, what is going on here? And then your body will say, I'm dying. I'm dying in this meditation. I can't breathe, I'm gonna die. I swear. And you say, get over here. And you keep bringing it back. Sooner or later, it's going to run out of tricks. Yes or no? Yes. And it's going to finally surrender to you. It's going to, it's going to acquiesce. And that, that liberation of energy is freedom. It's joy. It's a person going, I don't know why I'm so happy. I don't know why I'm so free. I don't know why I feel so good. Because they overcame themselves that day. Are you with me still? Yes. 
And people say to me, why do you meditate first thing in the morning? I always say the same thing. If I can overcome me at the beginning of the day, I can overcome anybody. Yeah. My rest of my day is easy. Would you agree? Yes. And of course, you overcome something about yourself. You'll be able to see a part of you in someone else who used to be that you no longer are. And go, funny, I used to do that. Now you're no longer the same person. Would you agree? Yes. And it would be worth the effort, yes or no? So then we have evidence, evidence, scientific evidence that you could create really coherent brainwave patterns. We have evidence that you can rock your house in there. The arousal that's going on in that brain is not an arousal that's created from the hormones of stress like fear, anxiety, pain, suffering, aggression, or anger. This arousal is bliss. This arousal is an ecstasy. This is arousal that is producing a transcendental state of joy. And we have the research to show, we know the area of the brain that lights up every single time when this happens is the pineal gland, that little radio receiver in the back of your brain, and Brodmann's area 30. That is what my brain scientists call a positive trauma. Like, you know, trauma. You have a trauma, you know, you feel changed inside of you, you feel altered inside of you, you pay attention to the cause, the brain freezes reality and takes a snapshot that's called a memory, a long-term memory. Are you with me still? So this arousal is coming with such an intensity that the imagery in the person's brain, they're paying attention to that lucid moment and they're literally having an inward experience that's greater than the betrayal. The arousal of bliss or joy is greater than the, the suffering or the event in the past. Are you with me still? Yeah. And experience enriches the brain. And we have research to show they, people change their brain circuitry. Different brain. And it produces a very strong signal to the body, but the signal is not chemical. <laughs> the signal is electric. It's electromagnetic. It's a thrill. It's an order in the body. It's the body aligning to order and frequency person's getting a biological upgrade. We have the research to show. There it was, and now it's not. Where'd it go? I don't know, you tell me. That person who had that moment would be more loving, more kind, more present, more, more free. They would care less about what people thought of them. They, they would feel blessed every single day. Would you agree? So they're in a new body, they're in a new life, they're in a whole new time. And that could happen to you, so we have this evidence that you could create perfect, orderly heart coherence. In fact, we have research to show that even when you're not practicing heart coherence, if, you're, if you practice it, your heart just may all of a sudden burst open with love. We have research to show it could happen at any moment, not even during a meditation. Imagine that. Instead of having a panic attack, you're having a love attack. Imagine that. Imagine that people just have to stop for a moment. That is, that is so big that they have to stop and surrender to it. It could happen to you. So we have this incredible research that people can change their biology in a very short amount of time. We have evidence, testimony, when people walk on that stage in a week-long event and say, I had stage four cancer. I had a very serious accident, and I thought that this work worked for everybody until it became time for me. And then I never really thought it could work for me. I thought it could work for everybody else but me. And now I have to, re I really made up my mind to heal. And she tells that story in front of an audience or, or a, 
a woman who's <laughs> a stroke and blind. In one meditation, she's got her vision back. We have the scans before and after to show complete recovery. This doesn't happen with stroke patients. You lose it in two weeks, and you don't, you know, this, the nerve cells are going to degenerate. She was blind in one quarter of her eye, both sides. She couldn't drive, she couldn't work, she couldn't type. Her life changed. She said, nurse, doctors told her, you know, learn to live with it. And one doctor said, well, go see that Dispenza guy. I'm going, so let's go. <laughs> she came. And in the middle of the walking meditation, it occurred to her that she could actually heal it. Imagine that. I said, why, why did you come? <laughs> well, I just wanted to create a nonprofit, And really, seriously, I just wanted to learn how to live with it. So she had the thought that she could heal it because she was so empowered. And lay down after that meditation, she's hearing this crackling and popping in her head, known or unknown. Could be, she could think something bad or you could surrender. She surrendered all the way and that heat got more and more in her brain. It was energy. She opened her eyes afterwards and the lights were back on. That's, that's a miracle. Happened, it happened in an instant. We have, we, have, we have people with 50 brain tumors. 50 brain tumors weren't supposed to live through the night. Many, many times. Seizures. Now here's the question. Because you can't tell me you're too old to do this work any longer. We got elders in this work that know how to, how to go into gamma. <laughs> they know how to do it. You can't tell me you're too sick to do this work any longer. People that are super sick, 50 brain tumors. Here's the question. Do you think there were some days where he didn't feel like doing his meditation? Hello? Guess what? He did it anyway. That was all he had. And he overcame his body a little bit more that day. And there were days he was in so much fear because the doctors told him he wasn't going to make it. And every day he could have surrendered to fear and not do his meditation, but he made up his mind he was going to surrender to love that day and trust a little bit more, open his heart a little bit more. And he overcame his fear a little bit more. And he overcame his doubt because his family was worried about him and they thought he was going to die and... He had to overcome his doubt every day, and he never missed a day. And there were days where he could have said, I'm too, too busy. i got too many things to do. i got to go here. i got to go there. But he never missed a day. He made time. And he just kept overcoming, kept overcoming, kept overcoming something. And he became somebody else. He stood on the stage. There's one little small tumor, a benign tumor. The other 49 or 50 went away. Gone. Where'd they go? And he's the most humble, sweetest guy. He's, he's simple. And people in the audience with cancer are looking at him thinking, God, if he'd do it, I could do it. Now, someone else is believing in the four-minute mile. And they don't look like a movie star. And they don't look, look you know, gluten-free. <laughs> and some of them drink wine and whiskey. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Because he's on the stage... And he's telling the truth. And the same event. A psychiatrist with Parkinson's disease. Same thing. Elder guy. Not quietly slim. You would think you'd walk right past him. No Parkinson's psychiatrist put his hand out. No tremors. No pain in his back. One instant. People are leaning in now. Four people with Raynaud's syndrome. Raynaud's syndrome, where the autonomic nervous system closes off blood supply to the extremities. 
And the pain and the, and, the, and the lack of circulation and the immune response, people can't even, the slightest temperature change is incredibly painful. Four people are out there in Brighton in the middle of November, just above freezing. They didn't even have their gloves on, healed from Reynards. And one lady said, I've had Reynards of my heart my, the last half of my life. And she started practice. She understood by watching them. She could do the same thing to her. And, and she's 70-something years old, and she, she blew her heart open. Wow. Isn't that worth it? She was an example. She's the example of, of, of truth, of this work. So we have evidence now. I could, I could go on. Evidence in testimony. Evidence in scientific methodology. And evidence is the loudest voice. It is the loudest voice. And this is a time in history where it's not enough to know. This is the time in history to know how. And a little time to be the creator defined by a vision of the future every single day. When those synchronicities begin to happen, when those serendipities, those coincidences begin to occur in your life, I swear to you, you're going to pay attention to what you've been doing and start to believe more that you're the creator of your life now and less of the victim of your life. Yes or no? And now remember, the stronger the emotion you feel from some problem or condition in your life, the more you pay attention to it. And where you place your attention is where you place your energy. And many people give their vital life force, their creative energy to some problem or some person, and they could be using that to heal their body to be creating a new future. Are you with me still? And you would have to agree with me then, Boulder, <laughs> that if your body is sitting there raging because of some problem in your life and you keep overcoming the emotion, sooner or later you're going to take your attention off that problem, yes or no? And you're not going to be giving your power away to that person or that problem. That's you're taking your power back. That's energy that you're going to use now to change that problem, yes or no? And I want to show you a very simple way to change a problem in your life. Would you like to do that? Yes. So then you have to get to that place where you understand where all possibilities exist, that quantum field. You can't bring your body. You can't bring your friends. You can't bring your pain. You can't bring your opinions. You can't bring your past. You can't bring your profession. You can't bring your face. You've got to leave all of that. You can't even bring your cell phone. That's not the kind of signal we want. You've got to leave all that behind. You've got to go in there as an awareness. And so then, once you understand the difference between space-time and time-space, and it makes sense to you, then we'll move from one problem, one condition in your life that you have done everything to change. You know, you've hired hitmen, you've called the mafia, you've had attorneys, you had friends, call friends, call friends. None of that changed it. You prayed, you bargained. None of that changes it. But there is a potential in the quantum field where it is resolved, yes or no? Yes. And I want to show you how to move from one dimension into another and then begin to change that, uh, that condition in your life and create a door for you to walk out of. How does that sound? And it's worked for me enough times now I can say to you that it does work. And we've gotten some great feedback about it. So we have some work to do this weekend and I'm going to ask for your best. So what I would like to do, since we have just a little time left, is I want to practice an open focus with you. 
just a simple little meditation, not too long, but I'm going to open your awareness up into infinite space. How does that sound? And all I want you to do is keep broadening your focus. I want you to close your eyes. Now listen to me. Don't do it yet. I'm going to give the instructions. Now, the quantum field, quickly, and we'll go over this this entire weekend, is an invisible field of energy and information that exists beyond this space-time continuum. Hello. Come on. Hello. So in the quantum, there's no people. There's no bodies. There's no things. There's no objects. There's no places. There isn't even time. So if you take away all the bodies, all the people, all the objects, all things, all the places, you take away the earth, the moons, you take away all the planets, you take away the stars, you take away the light from the stars, you take away the galaxies, you take everything material out of the universe, what are you left with? Say it. Just the eternal blackness, yes? But just because you can't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You use sight here in this three-dimensional reality. Are you with me still? So that quantum field called the vacuum, the void, is that eternal blackness. And it always exists. But if you don't pay attention to it and become aware of it, it doesn't exist for you. Yes or no? Just like your nose exists, right? But if you haven't been paying attention to it, it hasn't been existing for you. But the moment you become aware of it, it exists. Yes? The quantum field is the same way. It exists. But if you don't have any attention on it, then it doesn't exist for you. And if where you place your attention is where you place your energy, why don't we begin to put some of our energy into that field? What do you think? So then, all we're going to do is I'm going to talk you through a nice little mini meditation. And all I want you to do is just follow my instructions. How does that sound? And the worst thing that could happen to you is you get more brain coherence. All right, shall we do it? So make sure your cell phone's turned off. You can take your glasses off. There's nothing to see there. You can take your watch off. There's not even time there. But let's play a little bit. Loosen up, okay? Have some fun. Let's have the lights. Sit up. Eyes closed. Take a breath. Relax your body. the endless
black. Space. Sense it. Sense it. Feel it. Stay connected to it. sense 
eternal depth. Beyond you. The blackness. Become aware there's endless space. Sense it. Feel it. Sense it. Feel it. Feel more of it. Less of you. And become Nothing. More. And dissolve to an endless sea of blackness. Become more of it, less of you. Sense it with your heart. Sense it with your heart. Find it 
feel it. Heart. The blackness. Feel it. Your heart. Tune in to the blackness of your heart. Feel it. Experience it. Notice it.
your heart. Receive to your heart. Notice it in your heart. Within you, all around you, tune in. It's life in your heart. Feel it. It's life in your heart. Let life to your heart. Feel it. Experience it. Relax into it. It's life in your heart. Feed. blackness and remember this feeling Know it by heart. Now slowly environment to this time. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. Now that wasn't too hard, was it? <coughs> All right, turn the person next to you and tell them what happened to you. Just get it up, get going. What happened to you?
So, <clears throat> how many people here had a moment where you lost track of this space and you lost track of this time? So then, if the quantum field is an invisible field that exists beyond space and time, well then where were you? <laughs> Would, if you're not paying attention to your body, to the people in your life, to the objects and things or place that you live and time itself, then the only thing you put your attention on is nothing known. Those are all knowns. You're putting your attention on the unknown. Yes or no? And that realm called the quantum exists beyond your senses. There's nothing to see there. You see things here. Nothing to hear there. You hear things here. You can only enter that realm as pure consciousness, as an awareness in endless space. And I have labored for years to get people to this point. Because every time I started talking about space, they're like, I don't get it. What is he talking about? I'm going to skip this part of the meditation, go to creation part. Well, it was an induction to teach people how to change their brain waves. So then, if you can put your attention on it and invest your attention into the unknown, not the known, all the knowns here, where you place your attention is where you place your energy. So it makes sense then, the longer you can linger in the unknown, the more you create possibilities in your life. Come on, yes or no? Yes. So then, just by you getting beyond your body, your environment, and time, you are connecting to a field, or at least you are on the door to that quantum field. So what if I said to you, as you move closer and closer to it, you experience greater frequencies, greater energies, that are closer to freedom and to ecstasy and to bliss. You could agree with me that they exist as a frequency there because all possibilities exist there, yes or no? And if I said to you, find it, Feel it, become aware of it, stay connected to it. Become more of it and less of you. If you practice doing that, and that's where all of your attention and energy is, it would make sense then that you could actually latch on to that frequency, yes or no? And then your brain would have a nice arousal. It would be like, whoa, that's energy, that information. Information's not coming from out there through my senses. Information's coming through the field. And people get downloads, and we see downloads all the time on a brain scan. We actually go, oh, we can see a download, oh, there's one. Oh, there's another one. I say to the scientist, oh, this is going to be good. What do you mean? Oh, she's going to pop in a second. What do you mean? No, just watch. Oh, my God. You know, the person's latched on. The, they, they, know how to, they know how to suppress this mechanism here. When they move into theta, lights are out here. The memory bank of the known self, the reflection of everything known in your outer environment, lights go out here. The analytical mind is gone. They're in theta. Not a little theta, not a lot of theta, a lot, a lot of theta. Ten standard deviations outside of normal. So the moment we see that, we know the party's about to start. Because theta, coherent theta, is going to carry gamma. And the body is so restful. It is so trusting. It's like a horse standing in a pasture asleep, but it's awake. You're between wakefulness and sleep, and if you're conscious and you're subconscious and you learn how to work the radio dial, your brain is going to process a new stream of energy, a new stream of consciousness. It, it happens. We see it in an instant. But we got to get to that door first. And if you start going back and checking for your pain back to your body, then your attention is back here. 
If you're wondering how long the music's going to go, your attention is on time. If you're thinking about your coworker or your boss or what you're going to have for dinner, you've left the present moment. You're, back, you're putting your attention back on the known. That's just a habit. But if you catch yourself and you keep backing up and returning back to that field, you start carving a path between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And you take an exit, yep, you miss the turn. You back up, you get back on again. And you keep doing that, and sooner or later, you stop taking those turns. You know better. And all of a sudden, you're traveling down these nerve trunks, and it's like a highway. You just gotta build bigger lanes. There's more traffic. There's more, more information moving up and down. And people can change their brainwaves in this work in four seconds, in five seconds, in nine seconds, 12 seconds, 13 seconds. We just had Bond University, the research facility at Bond University on the Gold Coast of Australia. The senior research analyst there took a look at our scans. She took thousands of them. And the first thing they said was, We've, we can't believe how fast your students are, have the ability to change their brainwaves. It's, I said to her, it's a skill. They know how to do it. It's just a formula. So you practice it, and your body all of a sudden, how many people here noticed at a certain moment that your body wanted, mm, like, uh, mm, and then you kind of said, oh, it's doing that. Oh, that's a program. Get over here. You know, people, when they do their meditations, the moment they do that, they go, oh, I can't meditate. No, they don't want to meditate. <laughs> or at least they, they don't see that as a victory. But you're training. You're reconditioning. And how many people here started getting a little agitated for no reason, started feeling, a little, starting to rev up, get a little agitated, a little frustrated, a little nervous, vigilant, and you stopped, and you settled the body back down? How many people noticed that? That is a huge victory, huge victory, because you'll know when it's coming if you keep practicing that. You'll know before it starts to happen. And how many people here started saying, well, what is that black space? Anyone know what the hell he's talking about? And you started becoming aware that you're thinking that way, and then you just stop that. You just stop that analytical mind. You just follow the formula. That's, that's a victory also. And if you keep doing it over and over again, you come to a week-long event, people sit for hours, they, 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 their body doesn't bother them at all, they're, they're, they're doing something else. They're, they're, the, the personality's vacant. They're, they're, they're just statuesque. They're not, they're not even there. So, but it takes practice, yes or no. And in that little, small little meditation, you all did so well. I saw many of you uh, just really get there. And we're going to keep practicing, and every experience is going to change you. And then every experience is going to cause you to hear information differently, because you're changed. And then all of a sudden, then we'll teach you how to go to the next step, and step by step, we'll have a, a wonderful weekend. How does that sound? So you're going to give me your best, yes? yes. When you come tomorrow, you're going to contribute to the field instead of draw from the field? When you come tomorrow, you're going to be joyful and happy to learn and try things out. Yes. Open, neuroplastic to new ideas and step into it. Yes? yes? Keep your eyes open, swing at some fastballs. Yes. You'll hit them sooner or later. Anyway, we're going to have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for coming. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. <laughs>